Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. My guest today is Dr. Will Cole. He is a leading functional medicine practitioner. He is a member of the millennial generation. He is from right here in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Dr. Will, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thank you so much, my friend. I'm, I'm excited that we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare, please. So I'm, as you mentioned, I'm a functional medicine practitioner. So my doctorate is from Southern California University of Health Sciences, and my postdoctorate education and training is in functional medicine and clinical nutrition. Um, So I'm trained through the Institute for Functional Medicine, which the Cleveland Clinic's Functional Medicine Center, all the physicians there at at the, the Functional Medicine Center there at the Cleveland Clinic are trained through IFM, and that's who's trained me and my team and everything. So um, I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers actually over 10 years ago. So I've been doing telehealth for 12 years. We didn't have the language for calling it telehealth, but we did webcam consultations just like we're talking right now for the past 12 years. We called it a virtual functional medicine clinic is what we actually called it. <laughs> but then over those, over that the past decade, then telehealth was a thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we do. But it was born out of necessity because as you mentioned, I'm based in Western Pennsylvania and Sadly, not a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't here, right? I mean, more people should be here, but it's amazing. But uh, I, people needed access to this exciting field of healthcare called functional medicine. And that's my heart and my passion is really to, to figure out what's the root reasons of why people are struggling with a health issue. I have a massive passion for people struggling with different autoimmune problems, different inflammation issues, and that can manifest in many different ways. And I guess we could talk about it, but basically that's, that's my role. That's my role in functional medicine. I've written books about this stuff too. So I have a, I'm a New York times bestselling author. I wrote intuitive fasting, which is my newest book and the inflammation spectrum and ketotarian. And I do podcasts about this stuff too. It's called The Art of Being Well. I basically can't shut up about this, but my my, pa- my patients are my main focus. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so tell me, tell me this. If someone says, what's the difference between functional medicine and traditional medicine? What's your, what's your explanation for that? It's a good question. That's a good place to start. So let's break it down. The first thing that we do differently in functional medicine, anybody that's watching this or listening to this will know, hey, when I get my labs done, there's my number. And then there's this reference range that I'm being compared to this X to Y interval. We get that reference range largely from a statistical bell curve average of people who go to labs. If you go to another lab, you may see that reference range will vary slightly from lab to lab. It's largely non-standardized. There's some exceptions to that, but most of the biomarkers are not standardized. We have to ask the question, who are the people that are typically going to labs? There are people that are sadly people with health problems. So there's a lot of people that know their body. They are, they're intu- they intuitively know something's not right. So think like people with fatigue or hormonal problems or digestive problems or different brain health issues like anxiety, depression, uh, brain fog, these type of people, p- uh, many people within the autoimmune space too, or people have trouble losing weight, 
or hair loss. I could go on and on. They go that that impetus is like, okay, something's not right here. And they go to their doctor and the doctor runs the basic labs and the labs for many people come back quote unquote normal or pretty normal or pretty unremarkable. And the person, the doctor says, Hey, like there's nothing wrong here. Maybe you're just getting older. Maybe you're just depressed. Take this antidepressant. Maybe you're just stressed out. Maybe you're just a new mom. Many new moms are told that. I mean, what they're unintentionally telling their patient is you're a lot like the other people with health problems that we're comparing you to. And just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's norm normal. And we should ubiquity doesn't equate with normalcy and we need to stop comparing our, and, and I, I should say this that comparing yourself to people with health problems is no way for you to find out why the heck you feel the way that you do so in functional medicine we're looking at optimal not average and and so that's the a thinner range a tighter interval of numbers within that larger reference range that's the functional range that's where we get our name in functional medicine where is your body functioning the best where does optimal wellness reside and let's get you there if you aren't so we're looking at the spectrum between health and health problems that's why the sec my second book is called the inflammation spectrum because by the time somebody's diagnosed with a health problem researchers estimate that it's about four to ten years prior to that health problem and you're talking about chronic health problems like metabolic issues diabetes and people that are struggling with autoimmune problems and other chronic problems it's about four to ten years prior to that diagnosis when things were brewing on this inflammation spectrum mm. so we're looking at the gradient the the continuum between health and health problems so we can catch the gray areas and get answers for people and we realize that nobody ultimately we want to look at the root reasons of why people are sick so we're running more comprehensive labs to be thorough because ultimately nobody is sick from a medication deficiency there i mean medications are needed sometimes but you're not going to like lipitor yourself into health one day or like antidepressant yourself into health one day they are needed no, i'm not anti-medication nobody in functional medicine is anti-medication we just ask the question let's be judicious let's be uh nonpartisan and let's ask the question what is your most effective option that causes you the least amount of side effects and for some people it's the medication and they need to be on it and many people are alive because of medications but medications oftentimes for many people especially people with chronic health problems medications don't fit that criteria so we want to find out why you have the problem in the first place and maybe the medications are needed for a season but let's figure out how you have the pro why you have the problem in the first place so looking at underlying gut health problems and chronic infections and hormonal imbalances or nutrient deficiencies or different metabolic issues or trauma from our past that need to be dealt with that's keeping the body in this inflamed sympathetic fight or flight stressed state so we're being we're using data, but we're looking at the root reasons. And then we realize we're all created differently and there's not going to be a cookie cutter approach to getting healthy. And that's bio individuality. And that's really the, the heart of functional medicine. So that's in short what functional medicine is. Um, but I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm, if you can tell, I just I could talk about I, this stuff too much. So I will shut up now. You know, I just from the sarcasm perspective like i wish that you actually had some energy to go with your <laughs> uh, with your thought process okay uh, so tell me what does quality healthcare mean to you well quality healthcare begins with holding space for people quality healthcare begins with listening more than speaking Quality healthcare begins with removing the God complex and really just being human to human, like what's going on here. Um, that's the 
the beginning of it is that you have to get out of your own way and you cannot, if I hung my hat on one way of doing things for everybody, I'd be proven wrong all throughout the day. There's some low hanging fruits, right? But the, to, to say and put everybody in a box and say, this is your box and this is what you do. And if you're, if you don't do this, like that's your fault. Like that, like that fault, many people fall through the cracks of that cookie cutter, one size fits all mm. approach. And it, good healthcare begins with listening, holding space for somebody, being thorough, being inquisitive, being curious, and really giving them the thoughtfulness that they need. And the problem is, even traditionally trained physicians, which most of my colleagues, colleagues within functional medicine are traditionally trained physician medical doctors, they are, they are stuck in a box. The physicians are stuck in a box because they're given X amount of time to spend with the patient and they're not even given the time. It's not even, it's the environment in which the system set up isn't, isn't even set up for this type of care, which is the shame, a shame, which many of physicians have to go outside of the standard model of care and be in private practice to actually do the due diligence that's required for health problems. Uh, that we're facing as a society. If you look at the researchers that, that, that the stu recent studies show that upwards of 50% of the United States is struggling with metabolic issues. They're somewhere on that insulin resistance spectrum. Mm -hmm. They have prediabetes or type two diabetes or metabolic syndrome, some form of insulin resistance in their body and autoimmune conditions. 50 million Americans have autoimmune conditions. And then you look at the brain health problems like anxiety and depression. It's, and we need to, to stop treating mental health separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body just as much as our stomach or our pancreas is or whatever else. So good healthcare begins with taking a fresh look at this per at the person that you're consulting with and saying, how can I be of service to you? And what, what's going on here? Be a clinical Sherlock Holmes to figure out what's going on here and not be stuck in a box. Don't put yourself in a box as a clinician. Don't put the patient in a box because the box fails a lot of people. Sure. Can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Well, I mean, I, I, my real authentic answer, which is going to seem self-promoting, is functional medicine. I, I really do feel like functional medicine is the, I mean, that's why our tagline for the past 12 years have been, has been the future of healthcare, the future of natural healthcare, because it's really um, applying the exciting science in the scientific literature. You look at the studies that are coming out of JAMA and the clinical nutrition journals and all the exciting nature. I mean, I could go on and on about the really cool science applying lifestyle medicine, basically, uh, into people's lives. It's very cool. The problem is what's coming out of the scientific literature that it's going to take long time, decade plus to really trickle down, just even slightly diffuse into the conventional setting. Because the problem is there's an ama there's amazing science, but then there's this gap be be between science and training. The, the conventional training for physicians today is just largely to diagnose a disease and match it with the medication. They're given, and I recite this study in the, in the journals, in my book, in the second book, in the inflammation spectrum, that most conventional doctors that are just trained as medical doctors, they would fail a basic nutrition test because they're not they're not trained these things, and they're referring out to RDS and things like that, which is a whole other topic. But basically, there's a lot of people that could be benefited through lifestyle medicine, but yet the conversation's not being had. It's being had more than ever before, 
because more and more traditionally trained doctors are being trained in functional medicine. So they're at least giving some insight to the patient on things that they can do with their life to start improving their health. So we're moving in the right direction, I think, in many ways. Um, but we still have a large way to go. So I guess to answer your question, what does it look like? I really feel like functional medicine and all its different models, there's different ways to go about it. There's group models. The Cleveland Clinic had for many years, I don't know what they're doing right now, but they're doing, they were doing group models. I have colleagues of mine that do subscription models. Um, I, I've been doing telehealth for 12 years. So there's, there's definitely really uh, innovative ways that we can get people care, but no matter how you do it, the model of care and to me, the best form of healthcare is functional medicine. And I would say another word for functional medicine is integrative medicine. So it's not us versus them, either or, where it's like this toxic tribalism. It's let's be both and and say, what's the best of Western medicine? What's the best of the, the, the leading labs and the leading therapies and the leading modalities? Let's be the best of both worlds for our people, but still ask the question, what is your most effective option that causes you the least amount of side effects? And let's get them actually healthy. Uh, I think that's what the best form of healthcare looks like. It's a novel thought, but let's bring health back into healthcare and not let just be disease management care. Got it. Um, <clears throat> what do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare. And I, you gave us a great explanation of what functional medicine is. Is there something that you wish either your colleagues or people in general understood a little bit better? Hmm. So, I mean, I think even with that word I mentioned, let's bring the health back into healthcare. I think we need to bring the care back into healthcare too. So I think we just need to look at the term that we're under, right? I mean, health and care, let's do a little bit more of both of those. And that's what I try to do for my patients. Uh, and that is what we do. And it's a sacred responsibility to me and my team to really hold space for these people, meaning like really listen to them and do, give them the attention that they need, validate them because many of them are delegitimized systematically for years then told, they're just basically crazy for having these di different autoimmune problems. And if they just did what they were told and take this medication, they'd be fine. And they're doing that. They're taking the medications and they're not fine. And they're maxing out the medications and they're not fine. Or maybe it's managing their symptoms, but they're not in health. They're just disease managed, which is better than being unmanaged. But then there's, there's an alternative. It is actually reclaiming your health. Um, so what I've done for the past 12 years is just be of service to my patients. I just focused on my lane. I'm relentless in giving them the attention that they need. And occasionally I come up for air and talk on podcasts like this about this stuff. But it really is just, just a, a very much an immersive experience that's needed because there is and I'm just a very small tip of the iceberg of what needs to happen because I'm talking about individual people's lives and improving their health. And maybe that's the way it needs to be is sort of a grassroots effort. If enough physicians say enough is enough, let's get out of our own tribal war and say, let's be of service to people instead of be of service to some indoctrination that we, that we have, but really be okay with learning and be okay with evolving, be okay with pivoting and saying just when you know better, you do better, I guess is the Maya Angelou quote is just saying, Let's learn and be get get our ego out of the way. Is I guess what I'm trying to do uh, for healthcare, at least when I'm talking about it. I guess on podcasts like this. Yep. So it's interesting. I, I love what you're saying about getting the health back into healthcare, getting the care back into healthcare. Um, I actually I've got a presentation coming up next week, um, and 
I'm, I'm, it's called health patient care. And the reason is to put the patient back in the center of healthcare. So I, I like think that. that that's, there's a three-legged stool there that it's got to yeah, be about 100%. health. It's got to be about care, but it's also got to be about the patient. Uh, what excites you about the future of healthcare? Hmm. I think that a lot has changed. I mean, you're talking, I have been doing telehealth for 12 years, right? So I get to talk to people all around the world, all different types of people, socioeconomic backgrounds, different jobs, professions, education bases. It's really cool to see the democratization, I think, of health information. And honestly, if you look at 12, 12 years ago, I've seen the space. There was not the level of podcasts that were happening back then. There wasn't the level of YouTube stuff back then. There wasn't the level of articles and sort of the blogosphere was very early then. Um, so the voices have grown. And I think that more and more people are getting information that otherwise, if you think of like a couple just not that long ago, that, that it was like if it wasn't on the five o'clock news, like they really are reading the newspaper, there really wasn't going to be any information in that specific narrative, which I guess is what makes it controversial because democratization of information can be threatening to certain industries. But I think it's a good thing. Let's have an open forum of thought and ideas. And it doesn't mean that all the thoughts and ideas are going to be right for you. And they're not going to all be good ideas. But I just think that we need to be curious and and be thoughtful to have agency over our health. And that's really what I want. I, that's what I'm excited about is just more and more people having the freedom to choose what's right for them and not being threatened again with this either or sort of duality. It should be both. And let's pick the best of both worlds of all worlds that work for us. And we all should be on the same team of saying like, let's what's going to move the needle for this person in a positive way. It should all be positive, really. So that's how I'm seeing this is like um, the, the 12 years ago, it was radical to say some of the things that we say now, like, right, like we would get calls from people <laughs> saying like, how dare you say type two diabetes could be reversed. And now it's like common knowledge, you have mainstream institutes that are saying like, okay, like look at the foods you're eating to decrease the need for, I mean, to, to reverse type two diabetes in most cases. Um, so that's just 12 years with diabetes, let alone what has to happen with autoimmunity and, and different brain health problems. So there's a lot of physicians that are doing really cool things. I just think more and more conversations need to happen, just like we're having right now. So that's what I'm excited about. Over the next 12 years or so, we can do even better. Yeah, it's interesting because you're so right in this that, you know, 30 years ago, it was basically if you had an issue, you would go to the doctor because they're the ones that have all the knowledge. Now, I, it's, I encourage patients, go do the research yourself so that when you're engaged in a conversation with the doctor, uh, you have an understanding of what's going on and you can do some self-advocacy because it's not, it's not like you're going, as you mentioned earlier, you're not going to the all-knowing, all-powerful deity person that's got everything, all the answers to everything. But mm -hmm. when you do your own research, you come up with um, some answers. It, listen, our last question is this. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? I mean, talk about food, which comes to mind. I mean, there's a lot of things. I think bringing the care and the health back in, that's a part of it. Talk about food. 
Every food we eat either feeds inflammation or fights it. There's no Switzerland meal. There's no neutral food that's like doing nothing for your physiology. And when you look at the top health problems in our society today, you look at type 2 diabetes and that whole spectrum, metabolic syndrome, and, and the problems that that aggravates, right? I mean, it doubles your risk for heart attack and stroke. It does a lot of other things too, right? So metabolic syndrome, you talk about heart attack and stroke, you look at many types of cancers, you look at autoimmune conditions and brain health problems. You think of all the millions and millions of people that have that. Food is a massive modulator and an improver, at, at least the very least a piece of the puzzle. At the, at the most, it is the difference between life or death. Um, for people. So if you can't have a conversation about food, when we know food is such a massive part of lifestyle, metabolic problems, inflammatory problems, like you can't even get somebody healthy without talking about food. So that is, and I'm not saying you have to be an expert at it. That's what we're here for in functional medicine, but at least open up the eyes of your patient a little bit and say, Hey, look into this. Like you said, like, Hey, look into this. Maybe there's a book, like check, check this book out. I, I don't know that much about it. Like check this book out, read, read, read it up, read it. Cause I've been hearing good things about it. That's the amount of people that I've seen be benefited from just that little advice from someone that they respect a physician that they respect or look up to. Um, it's powerful and you don't have to have all the answers. You just need to point them in the right direction. You know, I think that's really an interesting way to close up our conversation to remind medical professionals, you don't have to have all of the answers. Um, it's okay to refer. It's okay to, um, to share. It's okay to, you know, um, make the, make the connections for the patients because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's ultimately not about your ego and saying like, I am the repository of all information on this particular topic. It's about what do we do that works best for the patient to get them where they need to be so that and i think this goes back to what you said at the beginning we're not looking to get people back to just being normal we're looking you're looking to get people living their optimal life which is phenomenal listen Mm -hmm. dr will thank you so much for joining me today i appreciate your willingness to share i appreciate your passion and i respect your perspective on healthcare. thanks for listening to perspectives on healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.